Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. All right. Well, hello, Wellness Wednesday listeners. Thank you again for, for tuning in, joining us. This is the second part of a conversation that I started with Rachel, who is so beautiful and wonderful, shared her story with porn addiction. And um, of course, it's, it's such a heavy topic and it's a dense topic that I knew we had to come back and peel back <laughs> another layer um, because I really want to get into how it affected Rachel or the women that she's working with, um, yeah. you know, just physically, mentally, spiritually. I wanted to get kind of kind of in that. And if you enjoyed our last conversation with Rachel, uh, check out her organization. Rachel, remind our listeners what it what it is again. So my organization is called Magdala, and I uh, walk with women as they try to recover from addictions to pornography, masturbation, or other unwanted sexual behaviors. And it's it's a booming organization. Uh, Rachel shared with us last time that people are reaching out, women are reaching out to her all the time. Uh, you've had 400 women join this I think conversation. Over, yeah, over 400 women have reached out. We've got over 30 Amazing. small groups now. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, we we touched on Rachel's story last time and, and talked a lot about her organization, which I'm mm-hmm. so excited to have stumbled upon. And, and I want to just highlight it as much as possible. But today, like, let's get into the meat of things, you know. And yeah. one of the first questions that I had was when t- when people talk about pornography or masturbation, they say it only affects me. And I yeah. feel like that I feel like that's a very wrong misconception, unfortunately. Right. Um, we yeah. see it at 3W all the time with the women that we're so honored to serve. But how would you answer that question, Rachel? Yeah, I think this is a really common thing. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the primary arguments that I hear that's uh, pro mm-hmm. pornography consumption mm-hmm. is like, if this is how I want to express myself, if this is how I find satisfaction in my sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, who are, who are you to say anything about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's just, just, there's too much evidence that it affects your relationships with your friends, with a significant other, with your community, mm-hmm. with yourself, mm-hmm. uh, that that's just not the case. Like it, it affects more than just you. Mm-hmm. Um, Pornography destroys marriages. It really does. And I think mm-hmm. too many people um, used it or try to use it as an aid for intimacy yeah. in their marriage um, or in their relationships. And I've, I've seen, um, I've seen that just go like so south so quick where mm-hmm. both partners don't feel loved or paid attention to. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's another person in the room with them or other people in the room, wow. you know, and it's, there's, I think there's wow. that, um, 
I, I don't think it lends itself to intimacy at all. So I think it it creates objectifying mindsets too mm-hmm. of other people are objects for my use, for my pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't end when you close your laptop and aren't looking at a screen anymore. Mm-hmm. You're you start doing that to real people in real life, you know, because those people on your screen are real people. Like Absolutely. if that's somebody's brother or sister, that's somebody's daughter, that's somebody's husband, you know, these are real people in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't stop when you log off, you know, it creates mm-hmm. a like a, a lens through which you see the world, mm-hmm. a lens through which you see other people around you. And the and and yeah, I mean, the mind is such a powerful thing, right? Sometimes yeah. if you don't want to see it, if you don't want to connect the dots that those people on the screen or, you know, are some belongs to someone, mm-hmm. you become so desensitized. And our world is constantly telling us that it's it's a job. They want oh, yeah. they want to engage in it. You know, the folks on the screen, yeah. and from from our observation here at 3W, whenever we serve women that are in that industry, no, no young woman grows up going, I want to be a porn star one day. Yeah, right. No, yeah. no. You just kind of fall into it. You just kind of, yeah. you know, due to so many un, uh, unfortunate circumstances, it yeah. becomes this option that you didn't even know was on the mm-hmm. table and then, you know, for some women, they do it for a short period of time, get on their feet again financially. And then it's it's like you sure. said last yeah. time, it's 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 such a short thing that you do. You don't even think about it. But the effect that you have on on the folks that watch that video is is lifelong, yeah. I feel like I, I have a couple of women um, in my organization uh, who are small group leaders who were in the porn industry. Mm. And um, they're just they're lovely. They're so incredible. But oh, um yeah. Yeah, just, and I think, um, I think there is uh, a lot of shame around mm-hmm. sex work and, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't ever believe in shaming, um, shaming women, um, mm-hmm. especially women who have found themselves in that line of work for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's something about how our conscience reacts to that line of work. Guilt can tell us we've done something wrong or we're doing something unhealthy for us Mm -hmm. and it can help us correct course. Shame tells you I am bad. Shame Mm -hmm. tells you you are wrong. You are bad. You're Mm -hmm. ruined. Mm -hmm. Um, It attacks the person. It attacks the identity and that's why it's so harmful. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something about the way that we still react to sex work, that kind of guilt of like, is this truly what's best for you? Is this truly Mm -hmm. what's best for me? Mm -hmm. I think that tells us something about how we should be correcting course, you Mm -hmm. know? But it definitely... It changes women's mindsets, whether they are um, an employee in the industry or work mm-hmm. in the industry, or mm-hmm. if they engage regularly in watching content, it definitely, it, it just changes, it changes the conception of mm-hmm. what your sexuality is for, what other people's sexuality is for. Mm-hmm. It can't help but rewire, you know, there's a, a saying in the, the psych world that the neurons that fire together, wire together, right? And so your brain, when it starts reacting to these things and you have this, this physiological reaction mm-hmm. to this content, it can't help but apply like that kind of neuron work in your everyday life, whether or not mm-hmm. you're actively engaging in pornography. So yeah. there's just physiological evidence of, of what this does to your brain, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, it changes the chemicals in your brain or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I, I'm the not makeup a of your brain. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not a scientist, mm-hmm. but when I was reading about it, I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. A really good resource is called, um, 
by Gary Wilson, I believe is his name, rest in peace. But he, um, he wrote a book called Your Brain on Porn, I believe. Um, yes. And just purely secular, neurobiological, mm-hmm. science-based work. And just, just talked about that, like mm-hmm. the, the neurological, neurological, I'm not a scientist either, obviously, <laughs> but you know, the neurological effect, um, yeah. of, you know, engaging in frequent porn consumption, what yeah. it does to your brain. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. As I further got into my little research project, which was very, Fun. uh, pre- like not a lot, but, um, cause <laughs> I wanted to be prepared for our talk, but it, I mean, it automat it just because it's become a more prevalent issue. Mm-hmm. I just typed in women porn and I just got a slew of information hit me. Um, mm-hmm. So how it changes your your approach towards yourself and, and others. So what you're saying, mm-hmm. it does affect other people in other in yeah. other people's lives. This is not just a individual problem. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it affects, I think the, the self-perception yeah. um, is something that is important to get into as well, because the, you know, it affects only me mm. and it's like, well, do you, how do you want to treat yourself? You know, mm-hmm. like, how do you, how do you want to, how do you want to behave towards yourself? Because mm-hmm. um, I think primarily for women, the portrayal of the female body and the female sexuality in the porn industry is just very skewed. And there's a lot of body standards, fitness standards, yeah. makeup mm-hmm. standards, hair standards, mm-hmm. uh, breast size, like all sorts of different things that are, that go into those images and those videos. And so it, it can be really, really detrimental as, as a woman, an ordinary everyday woman who mm-hmm. may or may not look like that watching this and going, this is what the expression of female sexuality is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it can make your sex life performative mm-hmm. and which is super weird. It can make you feel like you have to perform for a partner instead yeah. of um, giving and receiving in yeah. a way that's loving and safe and comfortable for both people mm-hmm. and in a way that increases intimacy and unity. Um, instead, you feel like I must put on an image. I must put on a performance. Mm-hmm. I can't be encountered in my true self because it's not enough. Yeah. Um, so I have I have women who come to me with um, struggling with eating disorders because mm-hmm. that's triggered by porn use. I have, yeah. I have all sorts of, um, you know, all sorts of things that point to what this does to the female body image and then to the to the male body image as yeah, well you know yeah. they're all men in pornography or most men in pornography um yeah. are just very physically fit as well and like a certain type of masculinity is portrayed and mm-hmm. it's just it's very limited and it can be really damaging it's so you know for the folks out there that are saying you know men watch men watch porn now women watch porn it's it's so normalized you know for the folks that are saying that well there's this whole movement now in the last i want to say 2 3 years now of embracing mm-hmm. certain body images embracing you know short tall whatever and so it, it's such a contradiction when oh, truly, yeah. when you normalize one thing that's like you said a performance an act mm-hmm. and then you have to look a certain way but then you go you know you go on your social media or you and then you advocate for all types of body shapes it it just mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't add connect up. it really doesn't yeah because yeah. i think the if you think about it when you're when you're consuming pornographic content yeah. There's no portrayal of a relationship. Yeah. There's no portrayal of, of growth together. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's no there's no portrayal of the things that make you truly attractive to mm-hmm. a loving partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's something that's lost in pornography is like 
my female sexuality is an expression mm-hmm. of like it's an exterior expression of inner realities mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. i if i'm an integrated woman um my you know the good qualities about me the the humanity of myself sometimes mm-hmm. my messiness all of these things that make rachel rachel can be expressed mm-hmm. through my feminine sexuality mm-hmm. and how i approach the world in my everyday how i interact with other people how i interact with my spouse in a very specific way mm-hmm. but um so I should never feel like that's all I have to offer, right? I should never feel like sex is just this performative, superficial act, you know? Mm-hmm. I think we all want it to be something enjoyable and intimate, you know? And, and loving um, and yeah, satisfying safe, and comfortable. comfortable <laughs> fun. Even, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think I think pornography limits it to just you you are what you present. Mm-hmm. Um and if if image is all we have, then we do puts mm-hmm. stock in mm-hmm. um like okay if, if the exterior image is the only thing that makes me attractive mm-hmm. then I have to you know be perfect right but in reality if like what makes us truly like sexually attractive to another person who loves us if the reality is that like it's our personality <laughs> it's our hobbies sometimes it's our flaws you mm-hmm. know it's it's a relationship that's on a trajectory of growth mm-hmm. that we have with this person if we're looking at it that way then like yeah, body image is so secondary. How we look is so secondary. Yeah. It, it's just an expression of these beautiful things that are already present in us. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me so sad is it uh, pornography divorces your identity from your sexuality. It mm. takes identity out of the picture. It takes personality out of the picture. It just says wow. all you have to offer is this exterior expression. Wow. Um, it's, just, it's just really, it's kind of boring. <laughs> it's just no, not I the mean, same. Well, how, the way you put it, it's just so interesting. I wish mm-hmm. I could speak as eloquently about you about this topic. Um, thank you for putting that into such a divorce. Oh my gosh, that's so good. You know, on the on that same vein about perception of, mm-hmm. especially the women that are in this these uh, these videos or images. How, how would you respond to someone? Because there's, I feel like there's this whole movement again of normalizing, but also empowering, right? It's empowering to be in um, sex work. It's empowering for that woman to own Mm. the work that she's in. And yet in this this research that I was looking at, it perpetuates the belief that women are weaker, less intelligent, submissive, willing to be raped and assaulted, dominated sexually. Doesn't that just continues the cycle yeah it's yeah i I, I don't yeah how how do you reconcile that like how do you respond to Uh, something like that rachel that another woman would say you know she she's doing her thing she's it's empowering for her if she chose it then then we should support her how would you respond to something like that yeah, I, I'm surprised that feminists are not more angry about pornography. I've right? thought this regularly. Like I, you know, I try to be like a healthy feminist or have healthy feminist mindsets. But mm-hmm. I think there's, um, yeah, there's so much misogyny mm-hmm. in pornography. It's like horrifying. Yeah. But so I think I think women tend towards two extremes in pornography, right? Like you either yes, you're submissive, dominated. Um, you are receptive of violence. You mm-hmm. are a victim. Mm-hmm. And not only are you receptive of it, you're supposed to enjoy it. Mm. which is horrifying mm. um, because if we're, if we're dealing with um, anybody who's experienced assault, anybody who's experienced just an unwanted sexual experience, mm-hmm. telling them that they're supposed to enjoy that, like how, how on earth, you know, like, can we reconcile mm-hmm. that narrative? It's, it's just really horrifying. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we have that or our other response is to dominate. 
And there's no balance in either one of those that like empowerment, like I think we have to just ask ourselves as women and be truly honest, like, and, and kind of examine this question in our hearts and minds. And again, in a non-judgmental way, because mm-hmm. I've come to my own conclusions and you can't, you know, I, I don't make conclusions for other people, but mm-hmm. is empowerment truly in feeling like we dominate all of our sexual partners and mm-hmm. we have this sexual prowess and we have, or we're submissive to all our sexual partners or we have, you know, multiple partners and, you know, all of this and we can do whatever we want whenever we want. Is that true liberation? Is that true freedom? Or is, mm-hmm. is freedom the ability to do what our hearts desire with the full capacity that we want, mm-hmm. right? Is freedom, personally, when I think about sexuality and intimacy, I think freedom is like the ability to lovingly express myself to my spouse in this way. Like mm-hmm. for me, that's what that looks like is I if I'm going to express the fullness of my sexuality, it's mm-hmm. in a sacred, safe union with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that increases intimacy. It's something mm-hmm. joyful, something mm-hmm. good. And I think women just have to examine that within themselves. Like, do mm-hmm. they truly want their sex life to be one of submission and fear mm-hmm. and just all sorts of twisted yeah, mm-hmm. portrayals of violence? Mm-hmm. Or do they want it to be constantly dominating? Or they, do they want it to be an equal partnership that's founded in love mm-hmm. and understanding and growth mm-hmm. and, you know, all of these and joy and fun and all of these beautiful things that come yeah. in a loving partnership, right? So I think I think you have to examine what, does, what actually speaks to your heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is it either of these extremes? Because I think when you really get down to it as a woman, no, you want mm-hmm. to be seen as an equal. Mm-hmm. You want to be loved, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's so beautifully put. And, and, you know, you, you talk about us being as women and there, we have these innate gut feelings about things all the time. Right. And -hmm. it's not just like voodoo stuff. My, my husband's always like, okay, it's not just your gut feeling. Um, he's very, you know, facts and numbers and stuff like that. But I think for women, we have these like gut feelings about things and it's, it's a, usually a good pedometer of like, okay, that's, that mm. didn't feel good. I probably shouldn't do that again, or that was wrong or, or whatever. And, and just the freedom, I feel like the freedom of pornography that comes for pornography, it's a instant pleasure, but it's only for that segment of time. Yep. Freedom in its truest sense lasts for, yeah. you know, it's, it's long-term, you feel it all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's becomes this, this much bigger piece to your life where you can feel it in all aspects of your life, not just your sexuality. Mm -hmm. But when you engage in watching pornography, it's an instant gratification. And then it makes you feel weird afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. regardless if you admit it or not, right. There's this innate thing that makes you feel a certain way. That's not freeing. Because you're going to mm-hmm. have to dig through all of that and go, why? Why do I feel that way? Or why do I? Why don't I feel that way? And I don't think that's true freedom. Um, it's not. So, what would you recommend to women who want to overcome pornography, who yeah. are feeling that shame, that judgment, um, feeling that loss mm. of self? How? Where? Where should she start? Where? Should she reach out to your organization? Should she talk to someone in her community? Um, What would you recommend? Yeah. So first, I think the question that I ask every woman who comes to me with that is like, what do I do? Where do I begin? Mm -hmm. Um, Is first like, what are you willing to do? 
Mm. Is this like, is this something you're actually committed to being free from? Or is this something you're kind of wishy-washy about? Because wishy-washy will never get you to recovery, but hope and commitment will and conviction will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you have to decide that you're willing to do what it takes to be free. Mm -hmm. And first uh, tell someone, if you haven't told anyone, Mm -hmm. tell someone you trust, Mm -hmm. find accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, You can definitely reach out to my organization. It's Mm -hmm. uh, magdalaministries.org. So Magdala is M-A-G-D-A-L-A ministries.org. There's another group called She Recovery Mm. um, that does virtual recovery groups as well. And I think they, I I might be mistaken, but they're run by a really awesome woman who I've watched a few videos from, but don't know personally, but she's, you know, incredible. But I think they follow more of a 12-step model. So both Mm -hmm. She Recovery and then Magdala, um, I think both have roots in in Christianity or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, ours is specifically Catholic, but Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's non-clinical. It's a support group, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd also recommend seeking out a sex therapist. So Mm. a person who's specialized in um, treating these. And so Mm -hmm. you can look for a few different certifications, but people who are certified in marriage and family therapy typically um, have a lot more exposure to these issues, but there are certified sex addiction therapists. So a CSAT Mm. um, and then a SAP is a sex addiction therapy provider. So that's also what I'm in school for. Um, And I think seeking out somebody who's specialized is awesome, mm-hmm. but finding accountability and help is key. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to do it by yourself is a nightmare. <laughs> so I can imagine that's part of why I, yeah. that's part of why I created Magdala's because I don't want any woman to journey alone right. unless she wants to, unless she chooses to. Mm-hmm. But I think also uh, the other two things are know your triggers and know them well. Study mm-hmm. yourself. Be mm-hmm. curious about yourself, mm-hmm. and don't immediately come at yourself with this judgment of like, "Why am I doing this?" Be curious about your flaws, mm-hmm. and be curious about the reasons why you're seeking this out. So, if you're, you know, desiring pornography, yeah. ask yourself why. Be like, "What happened today? Yeah. Did I get enough sleep? Yeah. Am I upset? Mm-hmm. Am I bored? You know, like what's going on that's mm-hmm. triggering this?" And did I watch a certain movie that triggered that, you know, like, and just ask yourself those questions and start recording them. I encourage women to write them down. And then last is track your cycle. Holy cow. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much tie between, we could do a whole episode on this. There's a whole tie between your menstrual cycle and desire for pornography. Like there's a whole thing. So when you're, know that when you're ovulating, it's going to be, it's going to be a beast. <laughs> like it really wow. is. And you might be more tempted during that phase. And then um, during PMS as well. So, and on your yeah. period, you might be more tempted, but primarily that, that ovulation fertile window is going to be wow. really tempting. So there's tons of evidence for that. So start tracking your cycle, be aware, and just kind of when that phase comes, um, mm-hmm of deeper temptation. And that's not the case for every woman, but that's a high percentage. Yeah. When, when that phase comes, just make sure you're surrounded by people you love, like spend more time with friends that week, you know, invest in your relationships, um, work hard, go to Mm -hmm. the gym, you know, take care of your body, cook good meals, you know, just like make sure you're investing and taking care of yourself during that time. Um, but yeah, those are my recommendations. I think, yeah, I think just um, the first is just being honest with somebody though. And that's what so many women aren't willing to do, but yeah. find somebody you trust, say you need help, tell them mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. and ask them for accountability. Like mm-hmm. be like, can I check in with you once a week and tell you how I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a text or can you check on me? Mm-hmm. Um, I can go such a long way. It can really, really go a long way. Yeah. And that just tells you, you know, no, no person is an Island. There's a community there that's, yep. 
that's willing and ready to help you. Um, if you're if you, if you're a listener and you're struggling with this issue or know someone that's struggling with this issue, please please reach out to folks like Rachel and her organization. and and here at 3w we are a safe space where we're compassionate and our medical providers are ready and Mm -hmm. willing to hear you out um because the issues that you're dealing with physically could connect back to something like this and and the connections and like you pointed out rachel of like your cycle right we we do this program here called fem and and Mm -hmm. you know i know (laughs) Oh, good. Well, we'll have to have you come on for a third episode because um, Lauren, who is certified on our team, is certified in FEM. And wouldn't it be fun to have you kind of talk about the mental health side and she can talk about the the science behind um, their cycle? Okay, we'll we'll have to schedule you again. Um, (laughs) But but it's it's so good that you're doing this work. It's so needed. I'm so thrilled to be able to have resources for our patients mm-hmm. who are struggling with this issue. Just just talking things with you highlighted some, you know, themes that we're seeing uh, within our patient population. And um, it's really affirming to know that yeah. uh, all is not lost. Um, oh, no. There's Never. so much hope. Never. So much and- hope. Yeah. And women truly are so capable yeah. of relationship and intimacy. I think it's a gift we have. Oh and yeah. Just, We're so resilient. Right We're so we are resilient. resilient. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, yeah. I have seen, it's just, it's such redemptive work. Like I, uh, and we do virtual groups obviously, but, mm-hmm. um, it's global. Like yeah. we have, I have one group that has 10 countries represented Whoa. in this recovery group. That's yeah. Awesome. And I, I love this group. They are such beautiful women and so many beautiful accents too. Like it's just gorgeous hearing the conversation. Um, but yeah, sometimes like women um, will just start crying. Yeah. They'll just start crying just the freedom of being able to speak with other women about it and just watching the compassion that women naturally have for one another. Mm-hmm. It's just powerful. So um, yeah, if you need help, we have a space for you. Um, yeah. absolutely. We have a space yeah. for, yeah. for anybody who needs it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, or if you just want to reach out individually, mm-hmm. um, you can fill out a form on our website and I'd be happy to chat with you individually too. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming back for a second episode with us. And it sounds like we're going to have you back again for a third, which is fa- <laughs> fine with me. Just thank you for what you do again. And, and just again, in, in I just want to encourage listeners out there to reach out to folks like Rachel, um, you're not alone. There's still hope no. and we're here for you. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so you, much. Rachel. All right. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide. Book an appointment or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.